This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Property Show. The reopening of borders and the resumption of travel has raised hopes for Malaysian real estate with the return of foreign investors. But will this optimism materialise and how can we lure more foreign investors into the Malaysian property market? For some answers, we turn to Kashif Ansari, co-founder and group CEO at GYIQI, a real estate technology group. Good morning, Kashif. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, I think, you know, we need to start with the basics, the 101. Can you just give us a background of the current laws and legislations and even legislation and guidelines with regards to foreign property ownership in Malaysia? What are the basic requirements? Good morning and thank you for having me. Really honoured. So Malaysia is quite friendly when I compare, you know, like we are a global company and what we have seen in the region. So the basic legislation when it comes to is like 1 million ringgit and above that's that's the basic store foreigner to understand if you you have to buy a property which value have to be more than 1 million and above that's the basic you can buy a land you are allowed to buy with some restriction again as i say globally there are always some restriction with some particular kind of land which are not uh, allowed for foreigner to serve invest similar kind of situation we have in malaysia but quite friendly when it comes to buying property as well as land in malaysia but answer to your short question to state way one million and above you can't buy anything in malaysia less than one million ringgit okay but is aren't things complicated by the fact that land is a state matter not a federal one so i understand that each state has their own respective regulations though. Can you help clarify this? Yes. So every state have their own uh, regulation. And uh, like, for example, if you want to buy a landed property in Selangor, the price can go more, 2 million to 3 million. There are some restricted lands which is only allowed for the locals to go and buy and, uh, you know, like uh, buy. Mm. So as I mentioned earlier, globally, this is uh, being done everywhere so you know like we i don't want to say like malaysia has a different kind of law compared to the global real estate market so the globally there are some restrictions when it's buying a property similar way malaysia has the same kind of uh, rules where but the best part is you are allowed to buy we have seen uh, like philippines indonesia vietnam where you are not allowed to buy a land in any of those uh, countries where Malaysia, you can buy a landed properties as well. Okay, but what kind of special permission do you need? Is the process very bureaucratic though? Do you need to apply at a special government agency, for example, compared to, let's say, a local? Uh, uh, definitely, it depends what kind of uh, property you're going for. Yeah. Uh, most of the buyer investing in Malaysia, if it's on the residential side, it's quite straightforward. Uh, you're buying a landed house or a property where you'll be developing your warehouse or any. So that is quite straightforward if it's not restricted land. If it's a restricted land, you might need a local partners where they can come in and can help you to assist. But what we have seen uh, in last, uh, you know, like we are quite active for last 15 years, it's quite doable uh, until and unless some restrictions are there. 
So for the investors, we haven't met any of our global investor who are investing in Malaysia have any issues when it comes to doing any property transaction. Okay, but restrictions here, would it mean things like Malay reserve land? Or uh, beachfront, uh, beach which I understand is also Malay. Uh, definitely, Malay yes. You know, like definitely, these are the restrictions. But again, when I uh, what I've mentioned, uh, globally, these uh, things are quite common. Okay. So restrictions are everywhere in the world. So the investor, the global investor, when they come in, they totally understand what is doable and what is not. And that's how they follow. Okay, Kashif, I'm going to put you on the spot. So if we rank Malaysia in Southeast Asia in terms of ease of doing property transactions for a foreigner. So we know at the bottom you've mentioned Vietnam, I believe, um, yes. Thailand. Okay, so how, where do we rank? Which country is the easiest for a foreigner to buy a property? Uh, uh, definitely, I'll say Thailand. Uh, there is no restriction. Uh, mm. So Thailand is quite uh, friendly when it comes to buying a property. There is no restriction on the amount you can buy any property and any kind of thing. But if we see Singapore, you know, like you can't, you, you, there are so many restrictions. You cannot buy public housing and plus you have to pay 30% stamp duty. That's, that's too much, right? Uh, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, uh, you know, like you can even the condos, the projects, you can only buy up to 30%. Once the 30% of the quota is gone, you're not allowed to buy property. So again, Malaysia, uh, as I said, Thailand is number one, but Malaysia where you can buy the properties. Imagine any of the projects where the foreigner wants to invest. There is no quota. They okay. can buy as much as they want. Which then brings up an interesting point to me, Kashif, because if we look at Singapore as a classic example, you say there are a lot of restrictions there, yet it is so popular with the international investors. So it doesn't, for some, clearly restrictions don't put off people, right? So then what makes a property market, well, at least internationalize? A yes. uh, property market that investors are willing to look at. Good point. Good point. So, you know, like what we have seen in Singapore and I, because we are quite active in Dubai, the people, the investor, they're looking for the infrastructure and the support and the, the how the logistics. So uh, the reason for Singapore, Singapore is quite friendly and for the how the financial transaction happened and is the brand as a Singapore, you know, like what, what we have seen similar case in Dubai. Dubai, the transaction, you can buy and sell a property in just a click of a button. Mm. So that's how they make it easier when it comes to invest in real estate. Uh, so if you make it more, uh, the reason why people, they're still buying Singapore is just the brand Singapore where the wealthy investors are coming in. Uh, so when they come in, you can, that's, that's the reason. This is for them, the prices are going higher and higher. Even they put so much of restriction, even they put the high stamp duty. For the investor, these things are not, uh, you know, like uh, they don't mind paying it. If they want to buy in Singapore, they want to buy Dubai, they won't see any of these uh, restrictions. They It'll just all be forgotten, buy. right? It's worth it at the end of the day from their yes. perspective. Yes, exactly. But unfortunately, Malaysia is not in that, you know, nice situation. So in order to attract more international buyers, right, what improvements do you think uh, we should consider. Have there been inconsistencies in terms of our policies? Is that the biggest chal uh, challenge actually for us? Main thing that is missing when I compare to Singapore or Dubai, you have to make Malaysia needs to make it more comfortable for people to stay for the longer term. So, you know, like I remember MM2H program was there. 
then they change it to a different kind of a program. Now it's targeting to the wealthier. But if you look at Dubai, uh, they come up with a nice kind of product. If somebody is looking to work, live and work, they can have a year visa. They can have a six months. They have from three years to five years to 10 years. So it's totally up to, if you can afford it, if you can prove it, there is no restriction uh, to come and live and work. I think more convenient if the Malaysian can, Malaysian government can provide these, now you know like it's technology. So there are a lot of tech related jobs available in the market and Malaysia, I'm telling you, compared to the region, the infrastructure is very good. Technology is very good. Uh, so the lifestyle, you know, like the kind of cost of living with the value, the quality of life is much better compared to the region. It's just like how anyone can live here for long with, you know, like with the residency, uh, that, that's something which is missing. I think if, if Malaysia can offer more program, I have seen uh, they have come up with the normal uh, kind of new program. Yeah, the digital nomads. Yeah, we can normal. So, but uh, we need more kind of that kind of a program. Uh, again, we have to see what happened in Dubai. They make it, make it more easier uh, for people to live and work. Live and work and enjoy. So that's, I think, something. Okay, so you mentioned the MM2H program. We, yes, and you're right, the conditions have changed. Now, you've been in the business for 15 years. And since we changed that program, albeit some of it, I think, is due to the pandemic, have you actually seen that impacting the number of property transactions among foreigners then? Uh, when it comes to the property transaction, uh, because it happens at the time of COVID, uh, the travel was... Uh, so we haven't seen much effect, but definitely... Uh, there is the few, uh, we have seen some cases where they have withdrawn because now the the requirements is quite uh, tough, mm. means uh, you need more. They are targeting the wealthier uh, people, uh, which have more uh, money uh, compared to earlier. So it's, it's not easy. So I think that's what they're targeting. Even if you see the data, they are lesser application compared to earlier, right? So I think the what was the government target was they want to target the high net worth. I think they are getting them. So that's that's what's happening. Okay, and it's been a year since our borders have reopened because we talked about the pandemic. We are now mm. open to international visitors. So let's do a channel check. I mean, has there been an increase in offshore purchases as of late? Inquiries on our joy.com mm. and uh, the inquiries have increased 30%, uh, which is quite uh, good. Uh, people that are looking into Malaysia, Malaysia as a brand, Malaysia as a country, which is quite positive. They are looking and exploring uh, what is available to invest in Malaysia. Uh, then again, it goes back what are what they can do to stay more. Then they have the Malaysia My Second M program, which has been changed. So we can see there is a lot of inquiry, but have have we able to see people moving in? Not as much as we were expected. Okay. Uh, firstly, the Chinese buyer was the largest uh, foreign uh, group who were coming to Malaysia. But I think China just opened up recently in January. So still they have their own logistic issue, you know, like the flights have issues, they have to renew their passport. Imagine 150 million people, they want to renew their passport. It's it's a big number. So that's what we're seeing. But the Chinese investors or the buyers, you can see there is a lot of inquiries going on. So uh, it's 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 opening up. You can see the interest. Mm. And I think uh, when we see the people visiting Malaysia, it's already increased. So 
It's a good sign, but the transaction-wise, not yet. Okay, so there's inquiries, but it hasn't translated into sales yet. Yes, um, yes. What are they looking at specifically? What kind of property are they inquiring about? Is it residential, residential landed, high-rise? Is it in any particular state or is it commercial? What kind of commercial? Could it be even industrial uh, warehousing? Can you give us some colour on this? Mm. Yeah, for Malaysia, we always seen there are there is a majority of them. They are looking to buy for their own stay. That's something always attracted from Malaysia because the lifestyle, the quality of life is much affordable, much acceptance compared to you know like we have the best uh, good infrastructure compared to the region. You know like if you go to Thailand, if you go to Bangkok, you go so. The, the rail network, the infrastructure, uh, the people. So, so what we are seeing is like most of the people we are seeing, they are looking to buy property. Number one, are looking for their own stay. Mm. They may be sending their kids for the higher studies. So they're looking for their own stay. Second, definitely with the new Malaysia tech innovation and how the data centers are moving in, I definitely the Malaysian government has a superb job which attracting. So we are getting all those kind of inquiries where they're saying how we can get tech-related companies more into Malaysia. I think that's something we are seeing a new kind of trend, not only from the region, which is China or lots of companies from India, they are also looking and exploring how they can bring data-related services in the Malaysia. On the Property Show this morning, we are speaking to Kashif Ansari, co-founder and group CEO of GYIQI. After the break, what kind of yield does Malaysian property fetch? BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're tuned in to The Property Show and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Today joining us for a conversation on luring international property buyers into this country is Kashif Ansari, co-founder and group CEO at Juai IQI. Now, Kashif, you did say most people buy for their home state, but I'm sure there are a group of investors out there who are looking at it in terms of an investment. So let's look at it from their perspective. What kind of yields would you typically fetch in Malaysia? And I'm sure it's it's quite specific. So there might be a figure for Klang Valley high-rise residential versus, let's say, a Johor Bahru residential. Can you help us, you know, break down the figures for us? Uh, Malaysia, uh, the... You know, like definitely the rental returns are not that attractive compared to the other part of the world. Mm. But uh, I think if it's four to five percent, uh, which is quite acceptable uh, for the investor, uh, some of the region, some of the location, especially in Kuala Lumpur, they have seen a year to year capital appreciation. Uh, so that's that's what they are looking for. Uh, but they do, as I say, they totally understand the market, which gives more stability in a way. The Malaysian market is quite mature. Mm. Compared to Hong Kong or Dubai, the prices might go, you have a high rental return, but when it goes up, the same way it comes down. So Malaysia, if you see the whole track record, they have never been collapsed. You know, that even in the global financial crisis, we were down only 5% or whatever. So that's something that gives them a kind of a confidence that there is not that much of speculators in this market. And is there any particular area? So I'm going to put you on a spot because people were thinking, well, what do they buy? Where do they buy? You know, most of your inquiries, are, are they, I would assume, popular with the expats, like maybe Bangsa, Monkiara. Am I, am I making the wrong assumptions here or Ampang? No, you are 100% right. Uh, so for Bangsa South is definitely something really attractive for foreigners because connectivity, 
uh, infrastructure, uh, the lifestyle, Mount Kara again for the foreigner. So th that's something we're looking. When it comes to uh, residential, they go for uh, landed swimming pool lifestyle. This is where they go out and look for some kind next to the golf course. Uh, these kind of things what they're looking for. So you have a specific kind of investors or again, they're looking for their home own stay. That's very attractive. You know, like compared to other part of the world where they're looking for investor, they don't see like what is there or where I'm buying a property. They just say, okay, this is just place my money. This is my rental. But here they get involved. They, they understand, okay, maybe you will be surprised there are we have some europeans who who have their houses for summer vacation so they come here mm -hmm. from middle east they just stay here for three months they spend their summer vacation here and you know when you look at other international property markets for example like london or australia where there are many agents who who basically just deal with foreigners but they are also makes it also easy for foreigners to buy in that okay the transaction is done but these agents also help them maintain the place, find a tenant, upkeep the place, make sure there's renovation, cleaning. Do we have such services provided here in Malaysia? Because it's all about how easy it is for a foreigner to buy, right? And I think all these ancillary services are important. Very much. And uh, we do, like uh, you know, Malaysia, definitely provide uh, these kind of services. As I mentioned, you know, we do have clients who just keeping the property just for summer. And they usually fly in only in June, July, August, and they don't want to rent out their apartment. Mm. They want their apartment to be maintained, everything, their service charges, everything to be paid. Definitely, Malaysia do provide that, and they are very uh, amazing kind of services has been provided. And the so, cost, is it, uh, let's say, is it expensive? How much, let's say you're renting it out, uh, or the, the rent per annum could be something like 100000 a year. How much of it would go back to these people who maintain these properties for you as a it's, percentage? It's quite affordable. As I say, you know, like the cost of living and the service charges compared to the region is quite affordable. That's that's the reason they don't mind. They don't even want to rent out. You know, like imagine the people who have these summer houses in London and mm. Dubai. Because the cost of living and to maintenance is so expensive. They have to rent out and they just make sure this three months is available. For Malaysia, they just keep the whole year empty just three months for themselves and then maintain. So you can imagine it's still much easier because service charges in Malaysia is much better, affordable again. Uh, so all all the and the, the cost of maintaining by these companies are also much doable. Okay, one last question for me, Kashif, because people don't hang on to property forever, right? So when these foreigners, they sell, can you give us some idea in terms of what is expected of them? Are, are there any taxes to be paid? capital gains tax, for example, or let's say, unfortunately, the owner passes away. Do we have any inheritance tax? Uh, what's the landscape like, the regulatory landscape? So quite, uh, we follow, Malaysia follow British law, uh, which follow most of the countries. So when anything happens like that, in case of death, there are specific laws defined. The Malaysia, the, the best part of Malaysia is like Malaysia property is secured by the constitution, you know, like the most secure. The that's certainty you, of uh, ownership. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the beauty, you know, like you, you invest some of the places where you still be doubtful what happened. So the beauty of investing in real estate of Malaysia is like everything is quite clear. Uh, so foreigners, they never have, you know, like I haven't seen any issues when it comes to the foreigner where they want to sell their properties, they want to take their money back. Mm. That's again a very big thing. They can take whatever the taxes are due 
Again, it's all derived, like property gain tax, how long you kept your property. So it's quite, you know, it's quite black and white. So we never have an issue where they come, oh, I nobody told us about this, you know, like, oh, why I'm paying this? So that's again, it's it's quite clear. So it's easier for investor, come in, invest, sell the property, they take their money out to their own country. That's something positive. But I suppose it's always good advice to seek a lawyer's advice too before buying that property. 100%. And it's a requirement by the law. Okay. You need a lawyer. And do, a lawyer. and do your due diligence on that property 100%. before buying. 100%. 100%. On that note, thank you for your time. On the Property Show today was Kashif Ansari, co-founder and group CEO of GYIQI. Coming up next is the 10 a.m. News Bulletin followed by Enterprise. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.